Uh, Gavin, thanks for coming. You're welcome. Gavin Canavan, is it? Yeah. Uh, is that an Irish name? I think so, yeah. Do you know much about your family history and your name and where it came from? No. No? No. Um, you're a Wicklow man? Yeah, Wicklow town. Uh, moved to Ockram. Yep, Ockram town. <laughs> it's a small Ockram, town. Ockram's a happening <laughs> place, isn't it? It's a quiet town. I like quietness. I like, you know, it's nice in the country as well, so you're yeah. away from everything as well. I like Ockram. Yeah, it's I grand. think it's lovely. Fishing park, so it's not too bad. Can you fish over the bridge? No, I go down to the park itself, do some fly fishing for trout. and They have a market there on Saturday as well, so it's pretty good. Where's yeah. the market? Yeah, every Saturday, farmer's market. Is it? Yeah. When you go over the bridge on the other side of the river? Yeah, you know, the when you go into the, the fishing lake, there's a little building there, community hall on the right-hand side. Oh, i never yeah. seen that. I'm actually, I'm actually there myself every Saturday. What are you selling there? What, what's your wares? Uh, we make candles. Oh, well, we make skull candles for, Hall for Halloween. We make Christmas candles. I'm going to have to get a few candles off you. I'll bring some the next day. I make, um, we just make, I sell bookmarkers. I sell magnets. We just, it's just a bit of crack on a Saturday to get out of the house. You know, we're across road, so why not be part of the community and make some friends? Oh, that's deadly. Uh, do you, you grew up in Wicklow Town itself? Yeah. Big family? I have uh, two brothers, father and mother. And... Would you have liked school? Were you close? No. Hated it? Didn't really like school, no. Didn't fit in, to be honest. Yeah. Were you always... Um, did you, when did you first know or feel anything about ghosts? or like? Did, how does that happen? It's weird. It's like my earliest memory <laughs> sounds ridiculous, but uh, I, was about, I was about 12. Come closer to this lovely mic. I was about 12 years of age. And I was obsessed with paranormal and ghost hunting and... Like TV programs? Yeah. I always wanted to do something different. I was always drawn to the dark side and I didn't know why. I was always... Even when I get into paranormal, I always wanted to do demonology. First, I didn't know Wait, what When you was. say you were drawn to the dark side, like did you, did you like people. being scared? No. Or did you just feel... No, it was the opposite. Like So, but I'll go back to when I was about 12 and... I used to buy some haunted magazines, you know, you buy from the shop, mm. ghost stories and stuff. So I was about 12 and now when you're messing around and I got a little table, built a little office and I had a fake phone and I had all my documents and from there on I was like, I'm going to help people with ghost problems. I, did, I was only messing, like I was only 12, I didn't know what I was doing. But then as I got older, it wasn't about being, I was drawn to the dark side, but it wasn't about being frightened. It was about helping people. I wanted to help people. When you watch horror movies and TV as a child and you look at, say, spirits attacking people, you know, the Exorcist movie, I just wanted to be able to step in and do something, which is very strange, but that's... But that's, you'd never felt it or seen it? Oh, I see. I seen spirits, yeah. Well, go back to that. So, like, you're, you're 12 years of age. When was the first time that you actually went, oh, fuck, that was a, well, a spirit or a demon or something? I think I was in the kitchen. And there was something floating outside the house, just floating about. Like when you're in the kitchen having a cup of tea and you're looking out the window. As I walked in. In the I daylight? Said, yeah, sat down and there was something outside the window. I said, what the? I don't want to curse here because we're life. You can curse every way I was like, holy fuck. I thought, Jesus Christ, maybe it's my imagination. So I froze and I stared at it for about 20 seconds. What was it? Transparent? Transparent ghost. 
But first thing, but the what first did thing it look like? Got, Casper, like, or just like, what was it? It looked like a spirit that was see-through, but floating. Like a person? Yeah, staring at me. And the first thing I thought, oh God, it's the Banshee, it's the Banshee. You know, and you're a young lad. And I said, what the hell is that? So I managed to get the courage to go into the side door and walk around. It wasn't there. But I went back in, it appeared again. And it, it, it done it for a few minutes, then it disappeared. And did it scare you? Yeah, it froze me. I was, I was, I was like just frozen going, is this my imagination? What's happening? What's going on? Yeah, I was only younger, like. <laughs> so it, when it disappeared, well, what were you thinking? Was that my imagination? It could be my imagination. I don't know to this day. It got me on a journey, but I'd look back at it now and I haven't thought about it for years until you mentioned that. But yeah, I think, I don't know. It could have been my imagination. I don't know. I can't say it was or it wasn't. But that was your own person. That was your only personal experience. Yeah. Well, growing up, yeah. And then, of course, you went back to school. Everything become normal. You become a, you, know, you go off the subject. Mm. You're not constantly thinking about it all the time. You know, you're, you're a teenager. You have other stuff in your mind. You're good with your mates. But you're always, then as I got older, I was drawn into the paranormal. Then I wanted to know how to join the paranormal team. I wanted to know about demonology. Even though I did know what demonology was. So how do you study that? So that's the weird thing. Like, so it's, 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 it's crazy. So there's not, I emailed a few paranormal teams. I Googled them on the internet and, you know, I think it was about 15 or 16 doing this and no one got back to me. So when I was about, I think it was about 19, 20, I'm not sure the age because it's like I'm 40, Four now in a few weeks. I'm getting old. My memory's not the best, but I know I phoned the paranormal team in their twenties, maybe an Irish team. Yeah, it was just at, like from weekly paranormal, a small team, and there I started learning different stuff. I started reading books. You know, did they tell you the books to read? Well, you like know, when you rang them, did you say, "No, I'm interested in this. How well, do I learn more?" Well, I knew a few people in the town that were interested in paranormal, so we just got together and we formed a team and. We had a bond and, you know, then you start just asking questions, learning everything. One of the lads in the team was a medium, so he was able to teach me about mediumship and psychic work and bits and pieces. So then after about a year, I left that team and I joined Irish Ghost Hunters. It was a fantastic team at the time. And I don't know if it's still going today, it's been years, but it was a brilliant team. That was on Today FM, was it? That was, I think it was Tim Kelly from Today FM. And it, it, Tim Kelly's a lovely man. And... Uh, it was a fantastic team. It was brilliant. That's when I was in that team, I was secretly doing all the online courses in demonology. I was icing everything every day. I, I want to know some questions on that, that so, fucking test. So I, there was no courses. There's no, nothing in Ireland. There's, there's barely any demonology. I don't know any demonologists. Priests don't talk to you because it's so secretive. So when you're a young lad, so I didn't know who to ask really. So I started studying. I went online. Learned all the courses, and to be honest, after about a year or two doing every course I could possibly do, I pay for these courses as well, which wasn't cheap, I can tell you. But when I went in to do my first case a couple of years later, I didn't even know what I was doing. I went into a house and I was like, What do I do? So, so you get a phone call, yeah. So, I, someone had a problem, and he did. Someone said, Well, we know this lad, he's studying demonology, he's in a paranormal team. He, he, I learned a lot in the paranormal team. Like in the paranormal team, I studied parapsychology. I went over to Stansted years later to learn how mediums and psychics worked. I had to, I had to know all the paranormal. 
Because then when you go into a room and you question people, you're not a hypocrite because you've done it. Even though I don't really agree with it nowadays. But well, how do you study for something that's not that you don't see? Or there's no tangible way of, of practically doing it? You see, you're reading all about demonology, what demons do, what they can't do. What's the difference between a demon and a ghost? A ghost is someone that lived, is human. A demon is inhuman. It's a dark entity. It's a dark angel. It's an angel that fell, basically. So is, it the, so it is a very religious. Yeah, like it's, it, it's the exact see, opposite of angels. Do they, they were angels, but they fell. And the farther you fall from God, you lose the grace. You get darker. That's what happened. God so is there a certain them. amount of, have they all names? Demons have names, but they won't tell you. Cause it, but that's the thing. Like As a demonologist, like it's very rarely you'll see exorcism. Well, that is done by professionals. I leave that to the church. If we come across a case that it's, you think there's something really seriously wrong here, you have to know your limitations. So is it an exorcist, a demon that's in a person? A, a person that's possessed. By a? By a dark entity, yes, a demon, yeah. And are demons scary? They're terrifying, yeah. Well, to be honest, if you don't know, how to, if you don't know what you're doing and you don't know how to deal with it, it could be very frightening. It all comes down to knowledge and understanding. Like when it comes, like I get cases from paranormal teams. I get cases all the time from people. So it's about limitations. So if a paranormal team goes into a house and it's dark, they usually contact me because they know their limitations. Then I take the case and... So the paranormal team, they check and see if it's a demon. Yeah, if they go into a case and they're using their... They go in, they investigate and they do a case file and they realise that there's something dark here and we can't deal with this. They lean me on me. And then I'll step in to do that. But then, of course, if I can't deal with it and it's above my pay grade, we get them the to the get their local priest in, we'll email the bishop, then it will pass it over to the church. And that's when I step away because it's not my business. It's confidential. It's, it's above my pay grade. So you have to know your limitations because when it comes to demonology, it's very dangerous. It's very scary. And shit follows you home. That's why, like we used to run paranormal shows years ago. We were, I was in a couple of paranormal teams and <clears throat> what happened one day is someone contacted me from America, a pastor. He seen me and I don't know, he heard me in an interview where he seen me somewhere. Pastor like, Lord Jesus! The pastor that does exorcism and has his own <laughs> church. So we became friends and I explained what I'd done in my education and he says, ah, I'll teach you. So he says, forget all the online courses because they're going to do nothing for you. I said, yeah, I know. So he says, the be he says, he explained to me that demonology isn't paranormal, really. Demonology is religious. You, you're completely different than paranormal teams. You must step away from the paranormal teams. You can't go look for ghosts. Then a week later, try and get rid of ghosts. You'll become a hypocrite. So uh, when, a couple of years ago, I start basically um, just doing my demonology differently. I, I stopped working with Mediums and psychics. I stopped working with, stopped, stopped doing paranormal. I just study demonology and work with three or four priests down in America to teach me. Because, like, if you, most people that come looking for me are from America. Because if you Google, say, exorcists or demonologists, I'm on pages over there. Keep this close to you. They usually find me and I'll pass them on to someone else over there. So, so you're an intermediary. Yeah. People from all over the world come to find me. I don't know how it works. I don't know how they find me. So what happens is I have to then set up Skype calls and messengers and get them the right help, basically. Like, first time that you ever had an experience <laughs> where, oh my God, there's actually something here. Went in, 
you know. What were the people that owned the house seen first? They were they were seeing dark shadows. There was there was bangings in the wall where I think I think one of them had bought something from like a yard sale. I don't know if it was an either. It could have been like a rocking horse or it could have been like I think it could have been like, do you ever see them idols they get from Africa and some, mm. some from a different deity? So basically when I went into the house, uh, I was in there for, by myself and uh, I just, I, you can hear the banging, you hear the noise. So the best thing to do was I sat down, interviewed the family, tried to figure out what's going on. He asked the question, is anybody on drugs here? Is anybody any medical problems? At the end of the day, I'm not a doctor. I have people with schizophrenia have come to me before numerous of times. So the best advice, best advice I give them is, I taught them first. I find out what's going on. I try to figure out as well, we'll work in a case file. Is it medical? Is it paranormal? What's drawing it in? Why is it here? And then I advise them to go to the doctor, explain to the doctor what's going on. Usually they stop taking the medication for a few weeks. They feel, you know, when you just stop taking it, they feel fine, then shit starts happening. So nine out of 10 times, they go back to the doctor, they get back on their medication, then they ring me up and tell me, yeah, thanks very much for that. So with ni nine or ten times, it'd yeah. be someone, it's their head. It's their head. But of course, you have to remember as well is that uh, the demonic like to hide in people's mental illness as well. Not all the time. So you have to, if someone says to me, I am schizophrenic, but I am taking my medication. I have gone to the doctor. I'm seeing stuff and hearing stuff. I'd work a case file. I'd question them. I'd find out. Did you use the, did you do anything in the occult? Did you use a Ouija board? Were you messing with anything? You shouldn't be messing with it. And I said, yeah, I used the Ouija board. Then that gives me a little, a little signal go off. But maybe by using the Ouija board, they've opened the door and they've brought something in. And then I'll go into the house. But by going into the house myself, I usually sense in about, I don't know, half an hour or something in the house. So the first time you came in and you noticed something yeah. and you felt it. Yeah. And did you shit yourself? So what did you do? <laughs> I turned on all the lights for a start, made sure all the lights was on. I just took out a religion book and I started praying. I prayed for a few hours. Just prayed? prayed? How do you know what prayers to... Is there certain prayers to help? Yeah, I had, I have, well, because I was studying demonology, I knew all the prayer books to get. Like the prayer book I have at the moment is a manual was it manual? It's that old, I can't even read it. Manual Minor Exorcisms. It's for the use for priests. It's an old little book. I think I bought this when I was 19 years of age. I bought it for £7. That little book there? I've had it ever since. And I managed to get one more, one more copy of this book. I think I got it about two years ago. How old is it? That book is, I'm 44 now. I bought it when I was about 19, so it's very old. But the thing is, I bought it for £7 and I've used it all the time. And I went to buy another one. You can't get them, they're sold out. You'll buy one on Amazon for maybe 3,000. Just can't get them anymore. But I managed to get another one two years ago. And to be honest, it upsets me because it's little books like this that help people. To go out of print. And what's special about that book? You know, so it's, it's the same as another, it's a spiritual book basically with prayers designed to cast out, well not really cast out devils or demons. It's not just about casting stuff out. It's about bringing in positive light. It's about bringing goodness into a home and overpowering something dark with goodness. It's a prayer book that's made by the Catholic Church and it's made for deliverance. There are all the prayers in here are for casting out stuff out of homes, out of people. It's about blessings homes, blessing people, 
bringing in goodness to those prayers. And would you know ones from when you're practically doing it that work better than others, some prayers? Yeah, I suppose that's the thing. You have to find how you work. And that's, that's what I've just discovered the last couple of years. Because every couple of years, I changed the way I work. I changed my demonology. And I was doing it wrong for a long time. I mean, wow. Because, I can see, I don't want to upset certain people, but... You won't upset anyone. See, how I, I worked with a lot of mediums, worked with a lot of psychics. Keep the mic right there. I worked with a lot of mediums, worked with a lot of psychics, worked with a lot of people, but it wasn't working for me. Because you go into a house... Now, all psychics and mediums are not all bad. Some are fantastic. It's just when it comes to religion, I try to keep the religion, religion. I don't want to be mixing it with anything. Does that make sense? Mm. But going, if I'm going to do something, I want to do it a certain way. What, what is the certain way? You see, the thing is, how do I explain this? When, when you're going to go house with different people, people have all different opinions and stuff. But like that, different, that's fine. different it, things different they Different ways live in. of doing things and different stuff. New age. Some people come in and they use new age. What's new age? You know, people come in with maybe crystals or sage and they try to cast stuff out that way. And I, the way I work is I work, I work a certain way where my own belief system is my own belief system. And it's for me and that's how I work. It's not nice if I have to turn around in a room and say to someone, you know, would you stop doing what you're doing? Because I don't agree with it. And then you're upsetting that person. That person has their own belief system. I don't like bringing different things into a case. When I work a case and I know it's dark, I know by study, I know by experience that the only way these things will leave is in the name of Jesus Christ. The only way it's going to work is with religion. And I only work the way I work because when you work a case and you work with clients, their lives are in your hands. And so is your own life. Whatever you, when you encounter a spirit in a home, that spirit can follow you home, which it has plenty of times. So when you start a case, you better finish Keep this closer to your face. So when you that kind of has to be in the yeah. middle. So when you start a case, you should finish the case. You shouldn't really leave a case open. So I work my own way, my own style. And I don't like falling out with people either. I know people have... So like, well, what, so when you say falling out, when you go in, you have to order people, you have to do this or this, this isn't going to work. That, that's how I work, yeah, because it's, it's, it's been hammered into me by the people that teach me. Just, you know what I mean? Like for years and years I got taught how, did, how the religion works, how to do certain things a certain way by priests and pastors in America. They've hammered this into me. They've made me change my ways. So I do go into a house. I like to work by myself. On your own? By myself, yeah. So you get the family to leave the house? No, they stay with me. That's the thing. The thing is, that's another thing I've started doing lately and it works brilliant, is that when I go into a house, there's no point going in and just clearing the house. Because when you leave, if it comes back, you have to go back out and do that journey, which I do plenty of times. But what we've done lately is, if you can teach people how to protect themselves and how to pray and how to do this themselves, when you leave the house, you're giving them the tools to look after themselves, how to change, how to bring in the positive because they've done something negative. You know what I mean? So so are the, are the ghosts or demons attracted to the people or the house? I'll get into that in a few minutes, yeah. So what happens is when I go in to do a house, I do a case well for a month. We ask questions back and forward. I have to figure out what's going on. I go in, I interview the family. I get to know the family. So then I go in and I start blessing the rooms. I start praying over the people to remove demonic attachments. If I know it's demonic, I'll do this. If not, there's no point. There's nothing there. Because my, the way I work as well is not everything is paranormal. Not everything is demonic. You have to go into a house to prove it's not haunted, which makes my job a lot easier because I don't charge. So 
If I have to go to Cork, I have to do it out of my own pocket because I don't believe in charging people. You know what I mean? There's no point. You're only here for a small time, so why, why make a difference in people's lives? Not everything's about money. So I travel to their homes, I go in, I work the case file. If I know that there is something there, and they've said if you've done something or something was brought in, I start by praying over the people to make sure they're protected, to make sure there's no demonic attachments. And I start working on the house from room to room to room. And I'll do that for maybe a couple of hours until I feel the energy go, until I feel that the house is calm. Then when I know it's safe enough, I'll get out a few more of these little books I have. I'll teach people how to pray. I'll give them a book each and we'll all go around the house praying and I'll teach them to do what I do. So when I leave that home, they'll be able to do it themselves. Every night before they go to bed, they can pray with the kids, they can pray in the house because when you cast the spirit of a house and God puts a hedge of protection on their home, that spirit's going to go off. It's going to be pissed. It's going to find stronger entities and it's going to come back. With a team. With a team. So what happens is, if the person is stayed positive, stayed religious, kept that shield up, that spirit cannot get back in because God is protecting them and God is looking after them. But if that person goes back to their old ways, the shield goes down, they come back in, then you have to go back out and it's twice as hard to get rid of, you know? Can, can they hurt you? Yeah. Like, have they a physical presence? Have you ever seen physically? Mm, yeah. And what do they look like? What, they look what? like, <clears throat> most of the time you see them out of the corner of your eye. They look like dark grey shadows. What's the, what, what did you feel the first time you seen, the first, what was your first experience like? Did you not go, fuck this shit, I'm out of here. I, I, I used to do all my cases at night time when I was learning. Because I suppose when you're in the paranormal team, everything's done at night because there's not much energy. Paranormal teams go in, they're able to get more activity. So I, I, I thought that was the right way of doing it. Well, paranormal teams, it's fine for, but when you're dealing with something dark, you shouldn't do it at night time. Because when you do it at night time, these dark entities have the advantage. What, have they more power at night? Yeah, they're darker. They can, they, can, they, can, they can control the elements. They can induce fear into people. Like you're upstairs at night time, you're praying in a room. It turns off the light and locks the door. You can't let fear take over. You can't lose control. You have to stay in charge. So I find by doing it during the day, it's brighter, it's positive. You're in control. They're weaker. And it's safer. Have you ever been attacked? Plenty of times, yeah. I don't know, scratches, punches, nightmares. I'll tell you a scary story. Yeah, go So before I get into the story, I'll, ex I'll explain everything the way I know how to explain it. So paranormal teams will call me in. I work the dark cases. Stop that. Don't be fucking freaking me out, bollocks. <laughs> so, so... I you got, are not helping. So, so yeah, so a lot... Of, I spent, I spent 20 something years doing it now. And when it comes to studying demonology and learning everything, I'm still at the bottom of the ladder. Does that make sense? There's so much to learn, like. I'm still learning. I should be more religious, but I'm still getting there. So, how, so basically a lot of people ask me, what are demons and how do all this come about? So, so how I learned over a couple of years is God created... Angels. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. So God created angels and he created nine orders of angel, angels. From the lowest angels, power to the highest angels. And when you say lower and higher, power, See, that's the power they have. Yeah, they go up. So like 
the lowest order of angels are principalities, archangels, and angels. Then you go into the middle orders, dominions, virtues, and powers. Then you go into the, the highest order of angels, like seraphim, cherubim, and thrones. And they're the highest. So God created angels, and God never showed, he didn't show himself to angels. He gave them powers, he gave them education, he gave them everything, but he never showed himself. So God approaches them one day, this is just a story I've picked up over the yeah. years, and he says, I'm going to come back as a human being. So some of the spirits are questioning, I'm like, why would you want to come back as a human being? Why would you want to do this? We're a pure spirit. Why would you want to, why would you want to do this? Like, and he explains that he's, he's going to commit, create human beings. He's going to come back as one. And he, he just, some of the angels are full of pride and rebellion and they just couldn't understand it. And they're getting angry and they're getting upset. And of course, well, he said then, I'm going to be, I'm the king of heaven, but you will have a queen of heaven. She'll be my mother. I'll be crucified and she will be my mother. She'll be the queen of heaven. And they couldn't cope that a woman would be in charge. So they Wait, Was there gender in the angels? No gender in angels, but when God was, God is all powerful. And when he said he's going to become a human being, they thought that his weakness maybe. Why would you want to become one of them? And then when he said that a female, his mother would be the queen of heaven. That sort of pushed him over the edge as well. Plus, not just nine orders of angels fell, like nine orders fell, but it was like from lowest to the highest. So there was small angels, middle class angels, and there was higher angels. They were all different angels of power. They all had different gifts. So when you have a haunting, mostly demons do the work. Demons are the lower circle of angels. So it's like factory workers and office workers. So you get demons and devils. So there's more than one devil? We call the hierarchy ones, we call devils. They're the real powerful ones. The lowarchy ones, we call demons. Fuck. So there's nine orders fell. Different, different angels from different orders. So when you have a haunting, the law of attraction and the law of invitation is how to get in. The law of attraction is basically like, if you get drawn to haunted homes, Ouija boards, the occult, magic. Doors have to be open for these things to come in. Same with like using a Ouija board. People think that by just using the board and then going to goodbye at the end, it's done and dusted. That's not how it works. All my Ouija board cases are released 15 years later. Because once you use a Ouija board, that door could open. That spirit mightn't attach to you. It might do anything to you but the door is open. So what happens is 10 years down the line, you're married, you have a child, you get into a big fight with your wife, you're emotionally unstable. That's when it steps in to oppress you. So it's infestation. So that door follows you around forever? It can, it can attack you or it can leave you be and attack your child, your grandkids. It, it, it attaches to the bloodline. That's how it works. That's why it's so dangerous. So the thing is, like most of my cases are 15 years later. And do you have to trace back? Yeah, you have to ask, did your parents do this? Did your grandparents do this? Did you do this? Did you do that? It, that's, why it takes, that's why it takes a case for at least a couple of weeks to do. You have to ask all the questions and figure out what's going on. So what happens then is, once, a door, once Pandora's box is open, it's hard to close. That's the truth. So when people invite these entities in, you start off with infestation or tapping noises. 
scratching on the wall. Everything is done for a reason. And are they doing that to frighten you? No. They're doing that just by chilling out? No, no. It's hard to explain. So when you hear, when a demon or entity comes into your house, by the laws of religion, they have to tell you what they are. So that's why you hear the train taps. So why do they follow the laws of religion? Because God's put down laws for them. So they're following God's laws? No, God's put down laws that if, you go in, if you're invited into someone's life, <clears throat> you must tell them who you are. But they don't want to show themselves. So they'll give, three, they'll give signs like three little taps. It's basically the, it's mocking the Trinity. It's the, everything's opposite to God. They mock God by doing three taps. There'll be smells in the room. You know, a door could open and close. Everything is done for a reason. So if you've got a good, a proper haunting, and an entity comes into your house, they, they don't just try to frighten you. They try to read you. They read your vibrations. They read your aura. They read you everything. So if they do a couple of knocks on the door, it's done on purpose. Everything's done down to the T. It's not just banging and making noise. It's done on purpose. And they study it. So if they know that a couple of bangs in the door frightens you, they're going to bring that up. They're going to ramp it up. They're going to ramp it up. If they know that you're emotionally unstable and that, you're, you, that you drink a lot, they'll start working on that. They'll get you drinking more. So what, are they possessing you then? No, it's, they'll influence you. They influence everything about you. Like there's a new sign that's in demonology. If you can't control yourself, someone else will control you. So... They, they can control your emotions. They study you. They know what you think, what you feel. They're looking for weakness. They're looking for a way to break you. They're look, see, the thing is, you can't just possess someone. It doesn't work that way. And that's the case. They can possess everybody. They have to literally break you down to your nothing. And then they possess you. And if they can't possess you, they'll probably just try to get you to cut your wrists. Simple as. So would you think that a lot of people <coughs> that do evil things or people that have addictions would be could they be yeah deemed? no see there's another thing as well if you are a, a very outgoing person you're nice you're kind you're chilled out your org field is bright it's bubbly your vibrations are good if you're not a good person you like hurting animals you're mean to people you're just you're just a horrible person your vibrations change your org field changes color. It gets darker. That attracts entities as well. They get attracted to people. So if you're in a haunted home and you are a very positive person, your family's in great health, you're brilliant, you're bubbly. They can't get in. That is a way of keeping them out. But if you're a negative person, it's like a shark attracted to blood. They'll follow you, they influence you. They'll try to control you. That's why there's always just three steps to every haunt. There's infestation is when you've invited them in by mistake or you moved into the house, they're already there. So what they do is, infestation is when they, they haunt the home and they'll bang on doors, they'll figure out who, to, who they want to attack, who they want to break down, who's the weakest in the home. And nine out of 10 times it's the woman. It's terrible because, no, and not sexist or anything, but nine out of 10, nine out of 10 times it's the woman that gets most of it because the husband's out working. He's not there all day. She's in the house minding the child. So they'll work on her emotions. They start doing tapping noises. You'll see shadows out of the side of your face. Out of the side of your eye, you hear crying upstairs. So 
She's getting emotionally upset. She doesn't know what's going on. So she spends money. Huh? So she spends yeah, money. She spends lots of money. <laughs> so anyway, when the husband comes in, anyway, she'll say to the husband, listen, there's something wrong with this house. There's tapping noises. I'm seeing stuff. But the husband experiences nothing. He's there. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's nothing there. It's in your imagination. That's how they work. They won't show themselves to everybody. They'll pick someone. That's the strategy. That's how they work. They're like the special forces of the spirit world. They're, they're more organized than anybody else. They sit down, they talk. They know what to do and how to do it. So the infesta infestation stage is when the house is haunted and they're picking out people. The more afraid people get, the more psychic energy they're releasing. Then it gets the oppression stage when they stop haunting the house, they'll haunt the person. And the idea is to break that person down and break that person's will where if they push that person so much and they have a nervous breakdown, they can step in and possess them. Um, but like when you'd meet someone, would you ever meet someone and go, <coughs> he's possessed? No. Never? No. They say, you can tell by people's eyes. If, someone, if someone's under possession, you can tell by looking at them. Their eyes are alert. It's like someone else looking at you. But if you walk into a room and it's haunted, it's not just... Every, your, your, all your senses get involved. Your five senses get involved for you even go in like. Your hair being in the back of your neck. You just, your soul is telling you there's something wrong. You get the, the fight, the flight. You want to leave. What's the most scared you ever were? I was doing a lot of cases. A lot of cases. I was going into people's homes and I was taking Ouija boards. Haunted mirrors. You were bringing them in? Bring, I, lived, I lived by myself now. I was renting by myself. And I had a back room full of haunted objects. I mean... Oh, fuck me. I should see that. I could show you pictures later of the haunted stuff I had. Voodoo dolls from Louisiana that, that someone into witchcraft was using for cursing and hexing people. So voodoo would be the, the religion and hoodoo would be the spells and the craft of it. So they were using these... So are all the religions real? Hmm? So is voodoo Jesus and God as well? Because they all have different things to believe in. No, no, no. It's different religions. Like you have Wicca, witchcraft, white witches, grey witches, black witches. You've got, you know, people have their own, there's a lot of cults out there, there's a lot of religions out there, but not all of it's good at the end of the day. But like from my point of view, if you've got a religion, cursing someone and hexing someone isn't good. Like witchcraft, well, you know, you've like white witches, they're peaceful witches, they do everything for love, life and peace. Then you go into a grey witch, which basically influences everything around them for their own personal gain. You know, like, I don't know, money. I think I know a few power, yeah. <laughs> then you go into black witchcraft is just basically, you know, worshipping demons and using black magic against people. But I've come to believe that people are not powerful. People do not have magic powers. It's not Harry Potter. Like, if you do witchcraft and something happens to someone, you're not, you've, you've no magic. So what happens? You, if I went home, got into witchcraft and I curse you, what happens is I've done a spell, a dark entity steps in and it does the work for me. I don't have any power. It's the dark energies that you attract. Well, would you not get someone, oh, possess me? Yeah, it's called full possession. Come, come and save me, demon, and take that whatever way. <laughs> it's, called, it's called full possession. It happens. It happens a lot. And they could be walking around just going, being a, a vessel for a demon. There's a lot of people in the world that are fully possessed and are happy. Really? And they live great lives and they pass that 
entity onto their kids and it goes down and go down and go down and keeps traveling down the blue line. Yeah, it's called full possession. Where they get money, they get power. But do you worship the devil? No, no. At the end of the day. Is there a lot? I, I heard there's a lot of that going on. It's everywhere, yeah. But at the end of the day, if you're fully possessed and you want to be possessed, you let these entities control you. I don't know, worship the devil. What happens when you die? You sell your soul for pennies in reality it's worth millions. You know, so anyway, this scary story. I keep, I keep going. You keep me off guard, yeah. and I forget this story. So anyway, so anyway, it was years ago. So I had voodoo kits, Ouija boards, rocking horses, haunted mirrors. I have so much stuff; it's ridiculous. All from cases. So the voodoo kits of like uh, cemetery dust, what the? bones, human bones, and it's all for spell work and all. So I put it all into a room, and. Uh, one night I was asleep. I come about three o'clock in the morning. I had double win double you now the double lights and windows. Hmm. And uh, I was in bed anyway. And the windows exploded from inside the house. But the windows on the outside didn't explode. So it only happened inside. <laughs> so I hear children laughing and all. I said, What the is going on? The window on? broke. Smashed, blew up, exploded. I could hear children leaving the house, going down the road laughing, and I was absolutely terrified. So anyway, I start blessing the house. I start praying a bit more and I couldn't figure it out, like what was going on. And then a few weeks later, you know, I was going to bed and I remembered lying there thinking, you know, maybe we should get rid of these objects. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a good idea to get rid of them because I was, I was, you know, I was learning from wrong people as well. Like I was a lot younger. So in my head, I was thinking that taking these objects out of people's homes would stop the, the spirits going back. I put them into my house. I blessed them. I put holy water, holy oil, and just be fine. To be dormant. And you were like just collecting them as mem memorabilia. Sorry. Well, in my in in my head, it was like I I didn't know how to get rid of them. Does that make sense? I was always under the. I was always taught that you can't burn these objects. You can't destroy these objects because the spirit will go straight back. It will attack the family. Go back in. And that's the way I was sort of taught. That's why I was thinking. Yeah, I heard that. You can't burn yeah. it. Yeah. So for years I taught that. So anyway, a couple of weeks later, I, I was in the, in bed basically and, you know, people talk about sleep paralysis and all. That does happen. It's it's scientific as well, but I was sitting there and I said to myself, I don't feel well. I don't feel good at all. There's something wrong. Like the hair stood up in the back of my neck. I just, I got this sense that I wasn't alone. And in about two seconds, I felt a really heavy presence on top of me. It grabbed me by the throat and it pushed me so far into that bed, it freaked me out. And what seemed about five minutes, could have been five seconds. But in that moment, I was that in shock and afraid that I couldn't think, I couldn't pray, I just froze. I just lied again, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Like, and then I felt a, like a hand Oh God, he's going to fucking, he's going to molest you. <laughs> I felt a hand grab me by the ankle. Oh, and that God. spirit pulled me out of that house. Fuck out of, off. Out of that room, basically. And I woke up then in shock. So what I did was... And where were you when you woke up? Turning, sort of just pulled onto the floor, sort of pulled a, a bit towards the door, like. Was there anyone in the bed with you? I was by myself in the house. That's the most frightening part. I was only learning, I was young and foolish and I didn't know what I was doing. There's, that's the thing with demonology. I might be doing it 25 years, but the first 15 years, I could be doing it wrong until I got guidance, until I got taught to do a certain way. And there's people who work with me now that teach me how to do this properly. 
So but you didn't fucking is, wake up on the floor going, all right, that's fucking it. No, I am no, done no. with this shit. So, yeah, but you're done with what? It's still in the house. You can't get rid of it. It doesn't make a difference where you go. It's still there. So, I, I get up anyway. I went back to sleep. Come home the next day. And I start praying in the house. Mind giving it socks. I was praying. I was meditating. I was doing Archangel Michael prayers. I was doing everything. And I was sitting there going, what am I going to do? And I'd done this for about three weeks. Still the same. Every night banging on the walls. So I set up at the lights one night. And I just, I was near in tears. Like, hell, what am I doing? Like, And I seen this green scaly face appear in my mind with red eyes and green eyes, whatever you call it. And it said to me, you've invited us in. I said, oh my God, what am I going to do? Like, I'm screwed. So, uh, so anyway, I got talking to a priest then in America and he started teaching me. And I started learning. He started giving me Bible studies. Did so you was, not go to the priest? I was talking to him. He, what did you say to him? What did he say to you? So he, can't, he found me on, online somewhere. I'd, I'd done an interview there a while ago and he found me and he started talking to me. He says, yeah, I see you're online there. And you're doing this and doing that. You're on one of the pages I am. And I said, yeah. So he says, who you work with, what you do? So I explained everything. He says, I tell you what he says. You sound like a good old chap. We're having a bit of crack here. He says, he was grand. I'm best friends with him now. Like, and he says, I'm going to teach you. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to teach you Bible studies. I'm going to teach you the Bible. I'm going to teach you all about demons and ghosts and what they can and can't do. I'm going to teach you everything. I'm going to teach you how to do deliverance and everything. So that's fine. So I explained to him what was going on in my own house. That I thought, I said, listen, I'm going to have an nervous breakdown. This thing's going to possess me and I'm done. There's no one to help me. Because back in them days, no one really was into the demonology. No one knew anything about it. Even the paranormal teams, no one was into demons. No one believed he existed because it only got out there after the Conjuring movie. That was years later. But would you not go to your parish priest when that happened? No. Why? Because I just, for some reason, I don't know. Because I, I really don't know. Because I got talking to someone online and I rang him and he Skyped me and he was a pastor and he was on a group with other pastors and other priests and stuff and they started talking to me and teaching me. For some weird reason, I just felt at ease. Does that make sense? I felt, I felt safe. I said, this is grand. These are people that are, they're, they're into what I'm doing. These are professionals. And they don't mind giving me Bible studies and teaching me and talking to me. So I explained what happened to me. And he, I can't remember the quote, but he said to me, any haunted object can be destroyed. It's, there's a quote in the Bible somewhere where everybody brings all the unholy stuff out onto the streets and burn it. And the top exorcist in Rome says as well that if you get any haunted objects, you put holy oil in it or holy water, you pray over, you burn it, and you put it into a, the ashes into a river or you bury it. And that's how you get rid of a haunted object. So I brought them all up. I brought two carloads of stuff up into a field, dug a very big hole, prayed over, put holy oil on it, and I burnt everything. Thousands of pounds of the stuff I collected for years, some cases. Burnt it on a one go. No more trouble then. How was it? No. And you don't bring stuff home anymore? I do now. But no, I bring it home and then I leave it in my car. The next day I'll bring it somewhere and I'll destroy it. Like I won't bring it into the house. When you're when you say Bible studies, is it the Old Testament or the New Testament? Everything. Everything but demonology, everything everything just all, just everything religious. You know, get into religion because you're not a demonologist if you're not religious. If you don't have faith in God, you're nothing. So there from years ago they were trying to tell me 
Forget the paranormal. Forget everything you've learned. Become religious first. Forget, for, forget demonology. Become religious. Find faith in God. Find love in God. Find strength. So we've done that for a while. I started becoming religious, going to Mass. I start reading every night. You, know, you just get closer to God. Would you like to be a priest? I think of a good God. I think I would make a good priest there. Yeah. My missus says that to me all the time. She'll become a priest, Gav. But, like, it's weird because when I was a lot younger doing this and I was getting religious, if I was in bed and I felt uneasy or I felt something, because shit follows you home from cases all the time. So I felt uneasy. Back then it was different, like, it doesn't happen now. And you could be lying in bed and you're thinking, oh, God, it's, something's back, something's followed me home. It's weird. It's weird how it happens. I felt relaxed. And it only happened five or six times. I heard a woman's voice and she says to me, Pray to Archangel Gabriel. Pray to Archangel Michael. And I done what he said. So it was like there was someone with me. So I done that for every time I come into a case, got a bit frightened, things didn't work out. I went back to talking and praying and stuff. There was always someone at my side helping me for a few years. But then as I got a lot older, it disappeared. But when I go into houses that there's something there, I get a sense there's something there, man, I know. Come to people's homes, you start praying, you hear voices now, telling you they're going to kill your family. Voices telling you? Yeah. Are you hearing them, actually hearing them already in no, your head? in your head. Talking to you, having conversations with you. I'm going to kill your family. Get out. In what language? In English. What kind of a... Like, it's, not, it's not a full conversation. All you hear is, get out. I'll kill your family. Stuff like that. I'd be like, right, good luck. See ya. And then sometimes, like, I remember one case uh, about, I'm not going to say where it was, but... I was around anyway and uh, I was upstairs praying like when I was up there praying like there was, a, there was a woman screaming downstairs I run downstairs there's no one there everybody's downstairs going there's a woman screaming down there see it's all a distraction to get you to stop what you're doing everything's a distraction like so we go back upstairs and start again you feel burning on the back of your shoulder you've been scratched or burned like or even what, what happens as well is before you get a case you'll get nightmares before uh, you even get there yeah, you'll get so they know you're coming yeah. You'll How do they know? Because they, these things know. Well, these things are just, they know everything. They're so intelligent, ridiculous. So yeah, are, are they actual, so is there another dimension where they're all just hanging around? It's weird, isn't it? I've, I've thought about that. Yeah, it's like, demons and devils exist, but you can live a life without them. You don't have to invite them in. But people invite them in and doors are open. They're like, yeah, everybody's got a guardian angel. How do you know they're not aliens in a huh? different dimension? Because, like, because you can see them, and you, because it goes back to biblical times. There's so much that theologians are wrote about demons and devils. You know, it all goes back to biblical times, and that's how priests and pastors get all the information. And plus, you're really gonna you're really gonna cast out an alien in the name of Jesus. You know what I mean, like. Yep, that, that, that confuses me, all right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's so much to learn, it's ridiculous. I'm still studying, you know what I mean? Exorcism, that's a different game. I don't do that at all. Exorcism. So, so when have, have you ever went into a house and go, I need an exorcism here? Years ago, yeah. What was that like? How did you know? Like, did the person just, were you looking at, like, an uh, evil demon in a person? No. Like, did they look different? What, how did you know they needed an exorcism? Well, like when you go to a, you go to a home, 
and you do your case file and you know exactly what's going on with the person. They're hearing stuff, they're talking, they feel like stuff's inside them. They're, they're not right like. But that doesn't mean they need an exorcism. It could be that you just need a priest to pray over them. Because sometimes by an exorcist priest praying in the house and doing an exorcism actually in the house, not in the person, it can remove stuff. So every time I do a case, I always advise the family straight after I do a case, I say to them, I tell you, well, listen, I've done the case, it's done. You need to get a priest in, your local priest in. And your local priest needs to come in and bless and do a mass now. They finish this. And I do that every time. And most of the priests are brilliant. They come in, they pray. I've had a priest pray in the neighborhood, in the garden. Not like the green in the front. Because the neighborhood was a, there was a couple of haunted houses there like I knew about. And is there genuine priests that just do exorcisms around? There are exorcist priests in Ireland. But years ago, I used to have a few numbers. I used to know a few. But I used to be able to email stuff and get stuff done. But now, because I haven't, Needed an exorcist priest in a couple of years because, thank God, things are not that bad, I don't think. Um, I don't know, I don't really. I haven't emailed a bishop in a while, to be honest there. I don't have you, have you ever anymore. tried to video what you do? I have videos at home, yeah. That of ghosts? Now, people screaming with voices, yeah, stuff like that. But it's all confidential. It's secret. Come on, chores. <laughs> Never. Wait, why? Later. No, only messing with you. <laughs> we'll get, no, we'll, I'll explain stuff to you. So, um, do you not think that if people just say if people like do people have like do priests or exorcists are in the Vatican or do they have proof of all these things? Yeah, they do. So just why do. don't they tell everyone? Would if if they gave everyone proof, would it not go? The, the church should be full. It'd stop all war. It'd be like we we believe now. You know something? I don't really know much about exorcist priests. They're so sacred of in Ireland. It's very secretive. Like, I can get an exorcist priest 10 minutes on the phone in America. Proper priest. Easy. Because I think it's more open in America. You have so many pastors. There's so much there. It's, it's more open. The more, in Ireland... Are I pastors think, real priests? Well, it's, they're more Christians, yeah. Very religious people. Very religious people. They don't... See, the difference between pastors that I work with and maybe as Catholic churches, some of the pastors, they don't go through middle stuff. We go through, like, we pray... For the, for the intercession, like from Virgin Mary, you know, saints and stuff. They don't do that. They go straight to the source. They go straight to Jesus Christ. That's how they work. That's how pastors work. It's all the bloody Jesus, Jesus Christ fully. They don't go with saints or the Virgin Mary and stuff like that. It's just a, a different sort of way they do it. Like it's just Christian and Catholic, you know. Catholic priests, well, see, Catholic priests is weird because years ago, I suppose in Jesus' time, the mother was the head hold of the family. So when Jesus died and, and went on, the Virgin Mary died, it's the same thing in heaven from a Catholic point of view. The mother is still the queen of heaven. She's the queen of the family. So she intercedes on behalf of Jesus. We can go to her and pray to her and she'll get help for us, if that makes sense. Like the, any exorcist priest will tell you that the Virgin Mary terrifies the devil. The devil will speak during an exorcism and say, he hates the Virgin Mary because she's the one that casts him out, basically. The actual she's, devil? Yeah. Like, you you go to a funeral? Yeah. And uh, if someone close to you dies? Yeah. Do you feel less sad? No, I feel terrible. But, like, are you there going, oh, he's he's still here? Like, if you, if, 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 if everything you hear on the, you know, when you go to Mass and people die, they don't actually go to heaven until, you know, they're, gone to you know the whole service is done and like are they still floating around have you ever went to a funeral and 
felt the presence of someone that nothing like no. that no so is it less ghosts of people and it's more demons See, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really know to be honest because demons can appear as ghosts familiar ghosts you've got if you ghost apparitions what's a ghost is a, a, a spirit of someone an apparition of someone you know so someone appears to you that you know like an uncle or an aunt it's, we call that apparitions if you see a ghost so what are they an apparition is, it's, it's, like a, it's like a ghost. It's a, we call it an apparition if you know the person. It's like you see, you go into your home and you see Uncle John walking around. Jesus has seen the ghost of Uncle John. We call that an apparition. But he wouldn't either. Huh? So, like, if Uncle John's in the house, yeah. why is he there? You see, it depends how people pass, doesn't it? If, you, if you're in a hurry to go home, and all you're thinking about is, I want to go home, I want to go home, and that's on your mind, and you're in a car crash, for some weird reason, you mightn't disconnect. You might go home. You might go into the house. You might start opening doors, closing doors, you know, closing the windows because it's cold. You don't want the kids to get cold. You might do the normal stuff. You might see your you family. You don't know you're dead. No, but you might see your family and talk to them and wonder, they're not talking to me. But then when you look at the other side, your family's sitting there going, they're terrified. So you probably need. So have you ever went in somewhere and gone and have, would they talk to you? No, I'm saying, like, what happens is sometimes you need a scientific team to go in and move that person on or go in and say a prayer to move that person on. You know what I mean? Like, because some people, they don't know they're dead. And, like, it's up to you, I suppose, to go into light. I'm not quite sure about it, but, yeah, you might just act normal. You might be dormant in the house. It's like a woman dies in childbirth in, I don't know, 17th century, say, right? She dies in childbirth. All of a sudden, the house is vacant for years and the family move in with a child. And that child and that energy activates that ghost. She gets drawn to it and the, the crib is moving back and forward. She could be looking after the child. We, they all get, we, everybody get, these spirits get drawn to energy. They get, they get drawn out to energy. Like. Same with demons and ghosts. It could be a demon in the house dormant. And all of a sudden, the family move in. And all of a sudden, someone's energy or it just gets drawn to that and it activates it and it brings it out of hibernation. So you would you have went into houses and it's not been a demon, it's been a ghost or an apparition? You know something, I spent a long time worrying about that and what's the difference and how to do this. And I know nowadays I just, I just go in to do the same thing. If it's a ghost, <laughs> if it's a demon, I do the same prayers and get rid of it. I just do the exact same blessings I do. And hopefully if there is a lost spirit there with, with the blessings and the goodness I bring in and maybe an angels that come in, they move the person on peacefully in the right way. If it's something dark, they'll remove it out of the house and send it back to where it came from. Then, of course, it goes back to where it came from. Then someone else does something and draws it back in. So you're not afraid of dying? Oh, yeah, I am, yeah. Everybody's afraid of dying, but yeah, I don't know. Would you not be afraid of now, right, with the job you do? Did you watch Constantine? Yeah, that's a great movie. I liked it with yeah. Keanu Reeves, yeah. How do you know they're not all fucking waiting for you? They're all there, like, when, when fucking Gavin comes, we're going to get that cunt. He's after no. fucking us up on loads of occasions. We're going to come here. You know something? When you study demonology and you study the workings of demons, infestation, what they can do and what they can't do. If you didn't have a guardian angel and you go into the haunted house, that thing would kill you. Have you a guardian angel? Everybody's a guardian angel. Do you even say that Exodus priests have two guardian angels? There's a better one for you. Because without that guardian angel, the guardian angel is more powerful than the devil, believe it or not. He might be just a guardian angel to us, but he's more powerful than any demon or any devil because he's got the grace of God. 
Well, I was looking at something. Now, you know I dive deep, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this week there was a guy sitting down talking to someone saying that the Antichrist is alive now and he's becoming powerful. See, can you see that? Find that YouTube clip. Who, who um, do you think it is? Some powerful politician. Who's yeah, definitely a politician, yeah. Has to be. Someone has power. It's the place of power now. But do you know you, what's going to come in first? I reckon we're all going to get chipped first. Sign of the end. You know, was it the chip and they say? You get chipped, you have to pay for food. Well, that's coming now. That's, that's, that could be a mark of the beast, you don't know. That's in to- Tokyo. Do you, yeah. do you believe in all them symbols and the 666? And 666 is the number of the devil. That is known fact. But like, if you go in, like, everybody thinks like, um, you know, you hear things in trees all the time, but 666 is his number. That's why when people go into homes, they get scratched in six or seven times you know what I mean like it doesn't happen everybody always sees the horror movies always three scratches but in real demonic cases three scratch it's six scratches sometimes marks sometimes sigils but anyway you know but I can tell you how demonic actually work if you want yeah so I'll tell you how a real haunting happens so you use a Ouija board that's how most of them happen yeah now, so, this, is, this is the story so you use a Ouija board you draw a dark entity and it pretends to be a friend. It says it's a boy or a girl and, you know, it's it's died a long time ago. And it makes friends with you. It talks to you. When you come in, it says, oh, yeah, how was work? How did you get on? You look well today. Do people have them conversations with you? No, when the board's moving in the yeah. alphabet. Yeah, so the, the board's moving. It's giving you compliments. It's working off your emotions. It's becoming your friend. It's becoming closer to you. This can go on for six months. Then all of a sudden it could stop working. So you get on the board and nothing happens. You've already given the invitation for that spirit to come in. The longer you've played with that board. Do you find it? So the longer you've played with the board, you've opened up doors. So a demon could come in, a devil could come in. So what happens is you go out and you've got a flat tire. Costs you maybe 70 bucks. Dollars, what do you want to say? Euro. So a week later, you get another flat tire. So you're spending money every week. Then your radiators break. You get a plumber in. He can't find a problem. He leaves. The radiators break again. You have to get him back in. The washing machine breaks. Like a string of bad luck. All this bad shit happening. It's all done on purpose. It's to work off your emotions. You're getting stressed out in the house. You're releasing psychic energy. They're basically, it's like divide and conquer. They're studying each person. They're seeing what emotion is the worst and they're bringing it right up. So you're fighting over money. You're arguing over who's slashing the tires, who's doing this, who's doing that. You come in and you find your wife's, the, your wife comes in and finds her, wed, her wedding ring in the toilet. Who, the, who, who, who threw that in there? What the fuck like? So emotions start fighting. Kids start getting isolated from each other. Start fighting with the parents. This could go on for six months. It's gone from the infestation, infestation stage to the oppression stage. They're breaking your will. They're breaking you down they're to possess you. Because by possessing you, they're, see that when a spirit isn't possessing people, they're at each other. They're in their own hell. They're tormenting each other. The only peace they get is when you possess someone. It's basically to get peace. That's why more than one spirit will always possess someone. That's the way it goes. You could have 50 spirits possessing a person because they're at peace. They're not just at peace. They're basically giving a middle finger to God. They're spiting God. We've taken something that you've created. 
you've and you've given human beings free will and now we've taken their free will away we've we've taken over their body despite you they're basically it's like it's like there's a war going on and we're in between the war you know what i mean like so they they possess the kill they possess they take control to ruin people's lives so what happens is so the person then gets broke down mirrors start breaking doors start breaking the house falls apart that's all that's the strategy you see to put enough fear into people and then to bring up the strategy it could start raining rocks on your roof the wallpaper could peel off that's called a diabolical siege have you ever seen that no it's very rare and then what happens is they can appear beside you dark shadows they're dark figures and they'll just keep they'll say to you just say yes because they need permission they need it they either break you or get permission can't just possess you so by you giving in through free will or having a nervous breakdown or saying yes, that's how they do it. Like, So most people will say yes. They just had enough. They'll just give in. like, And they give in the temptation. They give in the sin. And that's how they work. It's it's weird. It's it's strange and it's crazy. And it goes on to this day. Like, like I have a, I have a schedule. Like on the way to work in the car, I'll pray a lot for purgatory spirits. And I pray for stuff. And I'm constantly talking and... Yeah, it's a it's a battle as well, like, you know. So when you don't charge for that. Yeah. And you have to you obviously have your day job as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. And would you not love to do is it just is it something you have a passion for that? I don't know. I've always said years ago when I got into this work that if I spent my whole life doing it, as long as I help one family and help someone. That's all I wanted to do. Now I've helped about a thousand people easily. I've How kept, many phone calls would you get a week? I've I have to do a case tomorrow. I was, I don't, it's weird because I, I, I get added to these pages, the demonologies pages and spiritual warfare pages and the woman comes That's fucking brilliant, spiritual warfare. I love that. But it's all private pages. Like I'm on an exorcist group with an ex, a different exorcist priest in America. Sending each other dirty pictures and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of <So> course. <laughs> Casper with a massive big dick. <laughs> Ectoplasm all over the place. So anyway, I get added to all these pages and I give a lot of advice and I work with people. So people, like a woman come on the page yesterday and she says, oh, I need help, blah, blah, blah. I think I'm possessed. And all, it goes on for a bit. Now, I know for a fact, most people tell you possessed or not possessed. That's a known fact, but she needed help. So she was, I, so I, I rang her on the messenger, which is brilliant. It's like the, the 21st demonologist is a better a better understanding because of technology. We can reach out to people all over the world for education, mm. for tutoring, for, for Skype calls. So I rang her a messenger. I said, hey, how's it going? Is it you put a message up on the page or you asked me to message you? How are things? I'm not too bad. I'm in New York here and um, I've had a lot of spiritual problems and I'm just, I'm just not in a good place. I said, hold on there. I says, I'll give you a ring back in five minutes. So I rang a, a pastor I know in near Mississippi He's a good friend of mine. I said, listen, hey, Phil, is there any chance you can help this woman? Blah, 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 blah. I said, give me five minutes. So I set up a group call with two people and myself. Press a button and ring everybody at the same time. Introduce her to Philip. Philip, would you help this person? He said, yeah. I said, do you what? I'll get out of the call because three people's a crowd. And he talks to the woman, prays with the woman. He gets her to pray with him. She renounces everything. You see, by renouncing everything you've done, you're asking for help from God. If you used, if you hurt someone or done the occult or done 
a curse or a spell on someone by renouncing that and asking. See, you have to ask for forgiveness to get forgiveness. You have to forgive people to get forgiveness. Who are you asking forgiveness to? God? You're renouncing, yeah, you're, you're saying this, a certain prayer and you're renouncing all the negative stuff you've done. I renounce, you know, you're asking for help. Will confession do the same thing? It's basically confession. But from a Christian point of view, there's prayers for that as well. Catholics go to confession, but you can also do prayers and renounce all your sins and ask for help. So this woman renounces everything. He, Because he's a proper priest anyway. He's a priest anyway in his own way. He's his own church. He prays with her and talks to her. And after 40 minutes, whatever entity just lifted off and left. That is the tech. That's the way we use technology as well. We figure this out during COVID, how to help people. Couldn't go to people's homes in COVID. We used to ring them do Skype calls and just pray with them. But you see, by not all the time. You can't get rid of everything. It's only small entities you're rid of. Does that make sense? Mm. And he got, he got her to renounce stuff. He prayed with her. He showed her how to pray. Then he gave her homework. These are the prayers you do every day. This is what you do from now on. You change your lifestyle. You stop doing what you're doing. And by doing that, after a couple of weeks, things improve. It doesn't work all the time. You could have a really dark entity where... You might need to go into the house and pray over someone or ask next to priest to step in or the church, you know. But small cases, you can do over the phone. Can animals get possessed? I don't know. I, I, You've never uh, been no. phone, a phone call and saying like... I've had this argument. Trixie's fucking possessed there. He's, no, I've he, had this. he's freaking out around the place. I see him flying around the kitchen. Oh, here's something that I wanted to talk about. And to be honest, when it comes to interviews and stuff, I have a list of stuff to talk about. And most of the time I end up talking nonsense. That's the way I think anyway, but I have something to say, right? Five times cases I've done the last few years. This is this is truth. So, you know when soldiers go to war? Yeah. And they get, what's it, post-traumatic stress? What's yeah. it called? P PTSD. What's it called? PTSD. Yeah. So that happens as well with people. So what happens, I had a woman, I'm not going to give her name, she's a lovely woman and her son, and Jesus, this case and it brought me, man. So <clears throat> they move into a house and there's sigils. A sigil is like writing on the wall from a different language, you know? And uh, basically they were using, they were doing a different religion, basically. But whatever religion they were doing, they brought something dark into the house. So the family move in, the woman and the son. And first year is fine, I think. Then all of a sudden, they start hearing noises, black shadows. They, a normal, the start of a demonic haunt, basically. Except it's talking to the woman. Telling the woman's going to kill her. Telling the woman it's going to kill her. Talking to her. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill your son. I'm going to kill you. So I go into the house. I think I went in three times. So I went in. I prayed over for a good while. I went around, blessed the house, done my usual stuff. I felt energy upstairs. I felt as if I'd been pushed out of the room. So I'd done my bit anyway. Went home. Everything's fine for a few weeks. She ringed me up again saying, it's, it's back, it's back, it's back. So... I go back out and I do it all again. So I go back the third time. And now they're decent people and they wanted my help. And they were, so I said, yeah, so I done it again. I went home and said, geez, it has to be finished now. And I think I can't feel anything in the house. She rings me up and it turns in, it was a Friday night, Friday. And she says to me, I'm not well. There's something really wrong with me. And I said, what's wrong with you? This thing is telling me to kill my son. I said, well, you need to fight this. I said, oh, so I pray with her for a bit. I talk to her. I tell her, I'll, I'll leave tomorrow. I'll go to your house tomorrow. I spend the week there if I have to. I'm on the way. Get to the house. She's not there. She's in a psychic unit. She tried to hurt her son. 
she managed to sign herself into a psych unit. So she's in there. Son's left in the house. So I go in and I actually clear the house for the young lad. I give it socks. So we can't get to the woman. She's in the psych ward, like, we can't get her. So she's in with doctors and the medical field, which is fine. There could be something medical there. I'm not going to deny that. So they work with her. So we can't get her. So I get Philip from America, ring her. So he rings her, gets through to her. So he starts teaching her the Bible. Every day he rings her, talks to her, teaches her the religion, getting her religion, teaching her how to fight, how to build her self-esteem up, how to get protected. So the doctors are working with her. And after a few months, the doctor's like, this isn't medical. Like, we can't figure it out. We don't know what it is. She leaves. But before she leaves, I think it was a week before she leaves, she's worried about her, her guinea pigs in the house. She's guinea pigs in the house. Three, four guinea pigs. She's terrified. She has this fear. She's worried about them. She hasn't seen them. She hasn't fed them. So the young girl rings me, comes downstairs, guinea pigs are all dead. Killed the guinea pigs. She did? No. It's the day, the 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 DD, whatever it is, the entity killed the guinea pigs. Killed all of them. They're all dead. How? We don't know. Just broke their neck. I don't know, frightened that we don't she don't know how it just killed them. They're dead. So the woman is now in bits. But she gets out of the hospital anyway, but she's fine. She's fixed. It's gone. I had a priest in the house a couple of times. It's gone, she's fixed. We've she Phil's managed to Build up her protection, the teacher, to show her how to do this herself. So she is 100% fine. She knows she's fine, but what happens is she knows the guinea pigs are dead anyway. So she, she, a couple of days she got over, but well, she didn't really know what I mean. Like she's fine, like she, she understands. She's only worried about her son now. So she gets back to the house and the house is fine. I was in the house. It's gone completely, but starts suffering from post-traumatic stress. Starts thinking about the house, what went on in the house, the memory. She starts seeing it. She breaks into tears. She can't go back into the house. She managed to get her to her father's house for a few weeks, a month. Then she got a new house. She's perfect. Had another case, the same thing. Went down, cleared the home. But then when the woman walked outside, she's bursting out crying. She's afraid to go back into the house because of what's gone on, what she experienced. The fear of her children being killed. So the, the actual process of the... Fuck. Fucked them up. Fucked them up, they need counselling. So what happens then, the woman won't go back, the, the other case are done, the woman won't go back into the house. She's afraid, she's crying, even though she's fine, she knows the entity's not in the house. She's terrified. So had a counsellor ring me, had to explain everything to a counsellor. He... What did they think? They go, are you mad? No, he agreed with me. He said, they put her up in the hotel for a week or two, yeah? And he agreed with me, he said, yeah, I believe you. So then, do you got her house? She's perfectly fine. Had an old gentleman, he was about 60. I went in, he was a real gentleman, he's a lovely, he's brilliant. We went in and we done his house. Same thing happened to him. He had a bit of a nervous breakdown. The house is fine. And he done something we never experienced. He went to the doctor, told the doctor, he says, I've, I'm 60 something years of age. I've done this, I've done this my whole life. I've never been afraid of anything. I've dealt with everything that's come me, come my way, I've dealt with because that's what you do. But I can't deal with something that was invisible. I can't understand how it works, how religion works. I just can't cope. So, post-traumatic stress. The doctor gives him tablets, talks to him, and he's fine now. Is that because their perception of reality changed? Yeah. So they didn't believe any of this was true and then they witnessed it and then they couldn't... Mm. 
the man couldn't believe it was true. He he found it very um. But he's a brilliant man. Like he talks to me to this day, and he's fine. He just needed to talk to someone. You know, he needed to go. He got some medication, yeah, to relax him. But after a few weeks, he got the idea in. He started getting me a bit religious, and he's fine. But the women, they got different houses. They couldn't go back into that house. You know, the house is fine. The memories. So know. when you go into someone and they're clearly, it's not a demon, it's not a ghost, it's not an apparition, you go, you're just fucking batshit crazy. Do no. you go, no. Uh, if the person is showing symptoms that maybe they're, there's something else going on. Get them to go to a doctor. The doctor will sort them out. Do you say that? Yeah, of course I do. You'd say, look, I have good news and I have bad news. No, no, no. The good news is there's no ghost. The bad news is I think you're mad. No, it's like a catch-22. What happens if I leave the house and there is something there? So my theory is, I explain to him I don't think there's anything here. I think you should go to a doctor. But I'm here now. Why not just pray in the house and bless the house? Why not just pray of you? It's only going to bring in goodness. It's going to do nothing else. And there is an entity hiding in the corner. It'll go. Do you ever leave a house and then you're driving home and it's dark and you think something's in the backseat? We, That's we, an awful feeling. We left the house a few times and we're driving, <coughs> we're driving on the motorway, going to a case. And it was raining. I think it was doing about 60, 60, 70 miles an hour. I don't know. But cars just come straight in front of you. Out of the blue for no reason. Three or four times when you got killed. Cars and roundabouts just swerve out in front of you. So I'm always careful. They're fucking trying to take you out. You don't know what's going on. It could be just anything. So when I'm going to a case now, usually I'll go back roads, off motorways. I stri- you know, you have to be careful. That's you know? you've, you've hit on you. Oh, trust they me. They have not. a hit on you. Uh, They're trying to take you out. No. They're, taking, they're trying to take you out and I'm not talking about dinner in a movie. <laughs> Trust me, if they wanted me dead, I'd be dead by now. But no, I wouldn't be dead because I believe in God. I believe in religion. I speak to Jesus all the time. I, sp- I say my prayers. Does he speak back? No, he doesn't have to speak back. It's about having faith. It's about having a relationship where you trust in him, that you're protected. Because if, I, if it wasn't for him, it wasn't for religion, I couldn't do what I do. I couldn't pray. I've prayed over people and they've screamed and kicked and fucking went mental on chairs. I put a crucifix behind someone's neck, I think five inches. That person went mental, banging chairs, kicking, screaming. I prayed on for an hour and it disappeared. Would you not be afraid of him attacking you? No, I don't because well, it gets too. Vo- if it, no, it's never got like that. I once it's happened, self. once I don't want to go into too many cases, I don't people recognize it. Once someone grabbed me by a throat and pinned me to the ground, and I was. It's, she was a lot smaller than I was. I took two people to get them off me. Most of the time, I tell people as well, if you feel angry, you feel this, you feel that, don't be afraid. Just, just do what you want to do, say it. But if you feel violent, stop. We'll stop. Because I'm not going to put myself in that much danger. You know? I have to do a profession as well. So I work in forestry, right? And I'm on my own a lot. But I don't, I'm not in any houses around. Yeah. But there's, I could, I, like in the winter and stuff, it's four or five o'clock in the morning, it's pitch dark, or at night time when you're going home. And you're, there's certain places that you're working that you oh, you go to open the barrier and you always feel in some ways like someone's looking at you. You know that feeling that someone's behind you, yeah. but there's no one there. What, what's that? I don't know. I really, maybe it's just, maybe it's your soul. 
No, Maybe but it it, like, our area is haunted. Yes, they are. Like certain, like it doesn't have to be a house, like an actual place. Of like a place field. Can be you have to think, but everybody thinks of hauntings, but you have to think, what happened there a thousand years ago, a hundred years ago, two hundred years ago? People get slaughtered, people fight. You don't know what's going on. You could be pagan rituals done there. There could be child sacrifice there. You know what I mean? Like, you don't so, know what's going on there. Would you think then <coughs> that in another dimension, there's a whole world of well, entities just walking around, which we can't see them? They're in the soup of supernatural think, stuff. But I think once a door is open, a portal opens as well. They come into a portal, into a home. And when you pray, the portal is closed. These things attach to objects as well, like dolls and the Annabelle doll you have there in America. They attach the stuff to get in. Law of imitation, law of attraction. When you get attracted to something, you know, doors have to be opened for these things to come in. There's rules set in place. They can't just come in. There's rules. You have to give in to something. They can, they can, they can use sin. If someone, they can use sin to get in. You know what I mean? Like if you do something terrible, they can come in that way. You know, they attach the people. They pass down through bloodlines. It's, it's crazy. I don't know all the answers to be honest. Like I say, I'm still learning. Like you know, I'm doing it twenty something years. I don't understand. It all could, we could all die tomorrow and find out something completely different. I don't know. But yeah, I believe the haunted areas. Yeah, fairy rings. A fairy real? I've never seen a fairy man for fuck's sake. <coughs> but I wouldn't go into a fairy ring or mess with it. How do you know they're not just little angels? Or little devils? I don't know. I don't know. I don't believe in it. Like. What about banshees? Ah, you know something? I've heard stories of banshees and I've heard of banshee. You've heard of banshee? Oh, I heard of banshee and I thought to myself, you see, it's weird because people say... Have you ever heard of fox screaming? That's what I was about to say, right? People say to me, Gav... You said you heard a banshee and someone died on the road a long time ago. And I said, yeah, but how do you know it was a banshee? I said, it's like, I knew it was a banshee. I knew it was because before it happened, I got a sense there was something wrong. I, I have a good sense. I'm just so long. I walk into a house. I got a weird sense that there's something here. I just sense it and feel it. I can hear it talking to you. I tell me I can see it. I get nightmares from it. I know. So before something spiritual happens, you'll get a sense you'll know something's going to happen before it happens. The hair will stand in the back of your neck. You sort of say to yourself, okay, I think there's something outside. I think something's happening. Then I heard the, the howling and I said to myself, what the fuck? Did someone that belong to you die then? <coughs> no, something I didn't even know. I heard the howling and I didn't know what it was. I said, is that the fucking banshee? I said, I didn't really think she was real. I thought it was just an Irish over myth, you know. And I said to myself, no. So I said to my missus, oh, what the hell? She said, it could be a fox. And I said, I don't know. Something strange there, I says. If you hear a fox screaming, like, it's fucking terrifying. <coughs> so someone died on the road, but I was working a case. Oh man, this case I worked was fucking, it's weird. This case even goes today. The woman in the case heard a banshee and someone died. I was in the house praying. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I was in the house praying, man, right? And uh, there's women screaming downstairs. No, that's the house that holds you back. And before I even went into the house, this little, tiny little goblin with wings, man, approached the husband when he was asleep. You've seen this? No, this is, this is from the case. Well, this will happen in this case. This thing approached the man. Like, it was like something small just crawling up. And it was vexing him to follow. And he knew in his heart and soul that it wasn't human. It wasn't right. It was just the prey. By saying the Hail Mary, he just backed off and disappeared. You see, he backs off in the name of God. These things can appear as anything they want. They, can, they just have to think of how they want to appear and they appear. To, to specifically in you? No, to anybody. 
if you're in a haunted house, they could appear as like lizard people, green eyes. They, they appear. I seen a lizard person with green eyes. <coughs> lizard woman. Yeah. Well, I was high. <laughs> Mushroom <laughs> seasons here. I was really, really high. And it grabbed me and ripped me apart. What the Bobby? How are you on? I can't tell you that. But the thing is, <laughs> <It's very legal. laughs> the like, they appear, they can just cycle, they just have to think about how they appear and they appear. They can show themselves as black figures. The most scariest thing you can think of, they'll appear because they need to frighten you. They need to frighten you. They frighten you so much. And that's what they do. The more frightened you are, the more psychic energy, the more they grow in strength. That's how they So are they feeding off your fear? They grow, they grow in strength. Yeah, the more fear you have, sure, you're all over the place. Your fucking, your emotions, that's how they break you down. If you're terrified, they can easily break you down and give you a nervous breakdown possession. Like, you have to remember a difference between a ghost and a demonic being. A spirit can come in here, right? It can lift up my phone, put it down. It can open and close a door. It can show itself and disappear. There's only so much a human spirit can do. It might want to do more, but it can't. So when you have an inhuman spirit, a fallen angel, that's been given the power from God, because God never took their powers back because he gave everybody free will. He gave everybody free will. He gave them free will. He gave them their powers. He's not going to take them back. So what happened was, they come into your house, they can make the doors disappear and appear upstairs. They can make your fridge float off the ground. That's how powerful they are. They can smash people against walls. They can apport stuff in the air. They can make it rain rocks. They can make water run up the wall. They can, they can manipulate everything that's in this world. That's what they do. They manipulate, they control, they can make stuff out of anything. But the devil isn't a god. He can't create what isn't created, already created. That is the difference. God has created something. He's given life. The devil can't. He can only use what's already here. He can only use the elements, the water, air, fire. You know what I mean? Like, so when you're in, that's, that's the difference. Like, he's not a god. He may think he is, but he's not. He can't create something. He can only use what we have here. So the Satanists, well, I think they're, I think they're, you know. When it comes to spirits and ghosts, I very rarely see ghosts. I've seen ghosts in like Wicklow Jail and stuff. I've seen people walk past and disappear. You know? You've seen people, it. You've seen it with my own eyes. Yeah. I've seen fog appearing, you know, out of nowhere. We years ago, I used to be in like, I used to hang around with a lot of mediums and stuff and I've seen a lot of people do trance where people speaking through them and Weird shit happening, man. What would they be saying? I'll oh, just talk and give them messages and all. I've seen a lot of weird stuff, like. I've nearly experienced everything in the paranormal world. Do you think all them programs on television are making everyone think they're, they look so fake and staged? Oh, listen, I've been offered to do TV shows before in America, man. And to be honest, I don't really agree with it, to be honest. I don't like it. I don't really like ghost shows. Like, there's new one now with, I think it's Vogue Williams, is it? <laughs> Is she doing and that now? So she's it's something on the TV anyway. I watched it the other day, man. And to be honest, it's a mockery. Of how it's like most haunted is fake as fuck. They're so disrespectful towards spirits. Even if you go into a house, right, you have to show respect. Always. You know, if there's spirits there or not, if they're banging and knocking stuff over, you still have to show respect because it's invisible. You don't know what it is like. I always show respect to stuff. But these people, it's all money. It's all business. 
They, like you, if you get a TV program, you say, hey, Gav, make us a TV show, say, daily. Come on into Wicklow Jail or come on to Loftus Hall, whatever you want to go, right? Proper ghost hunting, right? You sit in a room, nothing happens for six hours because that's the way it is. It's a waiting game. They're not going to sit there for six hours and go, well, we can't really, you know, show this. We've been here for how long? We've put money into this. They're going to make stuff happen. They're going to, you know, do a bit of acting, do this, do that. It's not all. Do you know these ghost hunters now with uh, Vogue Williams in no, this new show? No, I don't. And I don't want to know, to be honest. I think... Yeah, this looks ridiculous. They'll, to me, they'll do anything to get in TV and make money. That is the truth. They're very hairy. The, no. the first three, are, they're like an in excess band. It just... Like even, even that photo just looks like we're going to make this up as much as we can. And it's... Fucking, like at the end of the day, it has to be entertainment. They have to entertain the public. They have to sell the show. They have to get season two out. So yeah, how do you not know that before they go into the likes of Charnival Castle that they don't Google everything? Were you in it? I was in Charnival years ago. I was in Charnival years ago and I went down into the, the cellar and there was a skull there. And I said to them, I said to the woman up there, like, that skull is deadly. And the woman just said to me, oh, that's just a prop from us, haunted that we're here. So that's what you're dealing with, props and stuff like Yeah, so this is going to Ard Gillen Castle. Yeah. Do you know, it, don't know anything about it. It's, you know, it's, it literally quotes here, plagued by a dark family curse. I spent, I don't know, 10 years doing paranormal and I, I experienced a little bit, but not much. I don't, Jesus, 20 years. Well, the last 15 years doing demonology and I experienced more hair raising stuff than a little. And I left houses going, what the fuck happened there? That has freaked me out for weeks, like. You know, and there's many times I've gone home and I sat there in bed going, oh, please, God, help me. Terrified that this thing's going to come in and kill my kids or kill me dog. Or, you don't know what follows your fucking home. And do you like. ever just want to give it up? When was the last yeah. time you went, I'm never doing this again? Yeah, plenty of times. I've given it up before a couple of, for a couple of weeks and went back. Sure, what's the point of giving it up? She can't. Sure, who else is going to help people? Who else is, do you trust to step in to do what you do? Like, I don't trust anybody else who has the skill set and the education they spent years doing with demonology. I went into a house years ago, two mediums, went in, there was a case file there, I was helping the family, and they were like, yeah, well, we've picked up and three spirits, we've picked up and two adult spirits and a child, and the poor child is terrified, and the adult spirits are so mean and dangerous, so we've invited the child in, did a circle of trust, and we'll look after the child, and we'll bring it into the light, and we'll talk, and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I go in, I do a case file. And I, after about half an hour, I just say to the people in the house, listen, there is no three spirits. There never was. There's one entity pretending to be three spirits, pretending to be a child. You're after inviting that child in. That's a dark entity. You give him full permission to come into your house. You got duped. He used the psychic's ability <laughs> against Christ him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, psychic mediums are good. Some of my, I have friends that are psychic mediums. They're brilliant. They're nice people. But at the end of the day, you might have a psychic medium that hasn't got the education or has been taught properly. And how do you know that this dark entity doesn't feed false information? And then, of course, they go on about all my... You go into people's homes on spirit guides and spirit guides. And my theory is, why do you need spirit guides? Who are spirit guides? God has given you a guardian angel. Why all of a sudden now is that guardian angel not good enough that is to give you spirit guides as well? It doesn't make sense. You'd have one or the other, like. Well, you know what's that freak me out most about all this now? What? No, not the ghosts don't freak me out. But now you have me thinking that they're clever cunts in a different realm, in a, in a fucking place like Harvey Specter in suits, all trying to figure out how they're going to fuck people over. Yeah, tell me. <laughs> but no, like, I, I don't mean to diss people. It's just 
education goes a long way. If everybody is more open-minded and understand what really was, in, was and is going on in this world, like I get, I get cases, people have gone to mediums and psychics and they've brought dark stuff home with them. Like Now, maybe the medium and psychic isn't that protected. I don't know, Like, but it is dangerous at the end of the day. Like You don't know what you're dealing with. And like the like the priest that taught me, he says, if you go into do Maranmary in active spell certain do if you go into parts of the Bible, right? In say uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of the verse. Do Maranami, it where it goes on about if you say worship if you worship like do spells, curses, hexes, ghost hunting, communicate with ghosts, oracles, all that stuff, it's a, you're an abomination to God. What does that tell you right there? Tells you do not go ghost hunting. Do not mess with psychics and mediums. Do not go looking for stuff. Forget about it. Because you're going to get yourself into trouble. Like I might go to a medium. They might tell me all my family history right down to everything. It could be true. But the information could be given from a dark entity. That a dark entity might attach to my family because I've gone to someone. Now, not all psychic mediums are bad. Some are very well protected and very good people. But I'm not paying someone 70 euro for a reading. Have you ever had anyone get um, sexually assaulted by a ghost? Or yeah, I had a, a case in England, but I got something to do with it. I think they were raped, beaten. Yeah, it was happening. Incubus, succubus. Say that again? Incubi, succubi. It's a, it's the a, name, succubi. Succubi, succubus, incubus. Yeah, it's a, it's a sexual demon, sexual spirit that does rape. It might feel like proper sex, but it's just hard energy. It's just what, it's just, it's... it's Too many puns here. It's just, it's it's violation. It's gone against God's law. Human beings break God's rules. <clears throat> the demonic break God's rules. When it comes to a demonic, say, siege, they go too far. Because when devils, when you look at every every exorcism that's on TV that someone's died in, say the ex, well, the exorcist didn't die. But look at the, the Annalise case in Germany, right? Look at all the Amityville horror, right? Demons cannot do that much activity. A devil has to step in. And when a devil steps into this world, a real powerful hierarchy, like Beelzebub, Asmonius, something really big, a hierarchy order of, a, of, a, of an angel with full power. When he steps into this world and he possesses someone, he kills them because he knows he's doomed. His hatred is, of God is so bad that he will defile everything. He doesn't, they don't give a fuck. They will kill you there and then. They kill people in exorcism. They murder people because they know they're doomed and they don't care. They know there's no salvation because when God gave angels power and education, the minute they made a decision, they stick by that decision. There's no thinking about it afterwards because they're pure spirits. They're so educated. The minute they've done something, they weren't changing their mind. There's no remorse. They stuck to it. They hate God. Their hatred for religion and hatred for human beings is disgraceful. They will destroy mankind if they got a chance. They will destroy the garden God gave people. They will possess politicians, soldiers. They will cause world war, world war. I'm sorry, they will cause wars. They will turn man against man. They would invent. They did know what the devils. The devil. <clears throat> the devil himself is very. He's very educated. He will make man. Turn away from religion without them even realizing it. I listened to an interview years ago with a French Canadian man who was in a circle, a saint in this circle where he can go into a bookies and he knew what hurts the bet on to win money because he was worshiping demons. He was this this happens. This is a posh house in the middle of say Canada. 
big mansion, all Satanists, all devil worshippers, but they're all doctors, they're all solicitors, they're all surgeons, they're all engineers. The top doctor there told them, when I go to do operations, where, they, where the patients will bleed out, there's no blood. I can do my operation. He don't bleed. Boom. Because they worship demons. These demons and these devils are not ghosts. They appear to these people like I appear to you. So they go, they go into a room and there's people like me and you. Celebrities, jazz players, musicians, they're all sold their soul to the devil. These things appear to them in normal form. Like me and you, they talk to them. There's no ghosts, there's no black shadows. They have pictures of these devils on the wall as angels, beautiful angels, because that's what they think they are. They talk to these people and they convince these people that we're, we're, God's not going to punish us. God is all love. This is going to be your world. So you stay with us. We'll control this world. But at the end of the day, you're like puppeteers. You're handing over your soul. You might get money, sex, fame. That's nothing to do with money. They'll give you the world just to take your soul, just to spite God. So, these, so it becomes a cult. So these, these Satanists and these Luciferians, whatever you want to call these people, they come up with a theory as well. They say, well, the devil's got a plan. The plan is he's going to turn man away from God. Man will not go into heaven because he'll think he's doing good when he's sinning. We'll invent new age. We'll let them worship crystals and sage. We'll let them, we'll bring in so much stuff, love, light and peace, where basically you're not worshiping God, you're worshiping something else. Does that make sense? It's a smart way of deceiving people. And that's, that's the interview. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying I don't believe it or anything, but the interview where I listened to this man speaking, it made sense when I listened to it. Like he says, these people are going to psychics, going to mediums. They're getting into new age. They're believing in sage and the moon and pagans and believe it's all right for love, light and peace. They're healing each other with their hands. But there is not one mention of God. That is the scary part. You can only heal people really in God's name. Everything has to be done through religion. But you worshiping stones and worshiping the moon and worshiping trees and you know what I mean? Like you're not worshiping God. You might think you might be a school teacher. You might be full of love, light and peace. But at the end of the day, you might think you're on the right path to go somewhere and you die, but you mightn't because you're worshiping something else and you don't even realize it. You're worshiping demons and devils. It's just a posh way of doing it. Like it's trickery at its best, you know? Look, we have two hours done now. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> we can always come back and do it again. Yeah, yeah. Bring a case study and we'll go through it. I have hundreds of case files, man. Well, um, if people want to contact you. Um, yeah, there'll be a lot of hate mail now, won't there? No, there won't. No, no one um, does mail anymore. I usually, to be honest, I just work off uh, Facebook, Irish Demonologist Gavin Canavan, or Instagram, Irish Demonologist Gavin Canavan. So if you want to get in contact with him, you can do it there. And if there's any demons out there, Gives stay away. Because this man, you know, have you any weapons? Like religious, other than the book? I use the Bible. I use holy water. I use holy oil. Have you a special crash, uh, cross or? I use just normal crucifix rosaries. The rosary is brilliant. If you're ever haunting in the house and you're having problems, say the rosary. And that should fix you. If it doesn't go to your local pastor or priest and explain the problem. Is it a real thing, the power of Christ compels you, or is that just out of movies? Well, you don't really say the, the power of Christ compels you, no? They say I think, that I in think, films. In film, I think it's more, I, I think they, they do something along them lines in exorcism, like, mm. they would say, 
by the, by, in the name of the Father, I command you to leave. In the name of the Son, I command you to leave. In the name of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, I command you to leave by the power. You know, he goes on through the blood. The blood of Jesus is a big thing. See, the devil is afraid of the blood of Jesus. Jesus' name. It's all about the blood because Jesus died on the cross and the blood he spilled was for sinners. And then he went into hell for three days and he put the rules down and he basically told him who he was and took charge. Quick fire questions, real quick. These only take, first thing, answer and wrap it quick. Awesome. Right. Uh, let me see. No, 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 that's not it. Do you know the, these questions? Have you never listened to this podcast? What podcast? <laughs> that answers that. Uh, no, this is my first time. You only contacted me for a few weeks ago. Would you like yourself if you met yourself? Yeah. Because I'm pretty good to people and nice to people. I actually, I don't like argument. I don't like fighting. If someone's good to me, I'm good to them. And I give, I, I, you know, I give everything for people. But if someone's mean and aggressive and, you know, I always give people too many chances and they walk all over me. Sometimes I just think, you know, maybe just too good at times. You know what I mean? People walk all over me too much as well. And I should be standing up more for myself. But to be honest, sometimes I just can't be arsed. Unfortunately, nowadays you have to be more of a prick, don't you? To but you get say on. it's not in me either. Like I don't like doing. I like. I like. I just. I keep out of people's way. If I don't like them, bah, I just keep my distance. You know, be nice, be polite. That's it. I think the more people you deal with, you you'd see this because you deal with an awful lot of people. People are innately selfish. Yeah, they are. They need fucking Jesus. That's what they need, don't they? <laughs> uh, if you had to ask one person a question. And had to answer truthfully, who and what would you ask? If I had to ask someone a question, okay? And they had to answer it truthfully. I don't know. It's a, I've never really thought of that. Like. That's what I'm asking you. Oh, who would I ask a question to? Um, let me see. Ooh. I like to, I suppose if I had to ask a question, I'd probably ask a president something and ask what really went down with the Twin Towers. The fuck like? It's a good one. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I believe like, why would America bring down their own twin towers? Like what's going on with all the conspiracy theories? That has my mind boggled. What? Like I heard a program the other day where someone says, there's no such thing as conspiracy theories anymore because they're proven true, most of them. Yeah. As time goes by. Yeah. Do you trust anyone with your life? And if yeah. so, who? I trust my partner, Carmel. You're going to love this next one. Yeah. When was the last time you shit yourself? Oh, Jesus. You know something? <laughs> this might sound a bit strange, right? But every once in a while, man, I go to bed and something sits on my bed. Or just something me. shits on your bed? Yeah, right. Something sits on my bed and that doesn't bother me anymore. It actually doesn't bother me. Because I have, a, I have something to say to myself all the time. If something is frightening me or something comes into the room and I've done a case, I always say this one thing, right? I'll, I'll let everybody know. I'll say, what I say is, I sit there, right? Something comes over, something starts annoying me in bed, something, now I'm talking about invisible, like, I'll say, I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. And I'll repeat that. I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. And that works. It backs off. Lad, your wife must be fucking freaked out living with you. No, it doesn't happen all the time. And if it does happen, I wouldn't tell her. I'll just bless the house the next day. It happened as part of the package, like, always happens. When you do cases, she follows you. Like, if someone told me once years ago, when you're dealing with spirits, fair, fair enough, when you're dealing with demonic, they're fallen angels, they're entities, they've got power, they'll remember you, you'll be a target for what you do. You'll always be a target. 
That's I, what I, I said to you earlier. I went into someone's Watch house. Back. Years ago, I went into a house to do a case. I walked in. The mother's in the, in the kitchen. I walk in to sit down. And there's a, like a five or six year old child. And the child says to me, he's upstairs waiting for you. And that child didn't know any conversation, didn't know what I was there for. That's what you're dealing with. The child said, it's upstairs waiting for you. I would not like that. Yeah. That would be not a scene I'd be into now. <laughs> and then another, another case, someone said to me, if you go upstairs, it's going to burn you. It's going to kill you. And I went upstairs and I started praying. And didn't give a fuck. Didn't care. At the end of the day, like, I'm at that age now where I suppose I have more faith now, more faith in religion. You know, if anything happens, I know, I, I think I'll, I'll be okay. Like, If you walked into a room where everyone you've ever met in your whole life, everyone, who would you seek out first to talk to? Are you talking about dead or living? Anyone. Dead, alive, anything. My sister died years ago at Kata. I really, really like to see her. And I always think that she's there's someone always watching over me, you know. I always believe that. Like, do you think when you die, you stay that age? No. As no, you grow. I think you grow to a certain age. Even I don't, I don't, I've always I've this argument with people all the time. I don't believe in child spirits either. I believe God is wonderful. God is love, and God is. I think we have it all wrong at times as well, because there's so much about what religion is and what's what and what happens when you die. And I believe that when a child dies or a spirit dies. That child is brought straight to heaven. There's no way God will leave a child wander around. You have to remember from the strategy of the demonic. Human beings are emotional. We're emotional wrecks. And, that, and what's one way of tricking a human being? Especially someone that's, that has a family, that has children. You pretend to be a child. You draw that person in. It's trickery. It's a trap. It's like, what's that plant that eats the flies? Venus flytrap. Yeah. You see, you hear a child in the house, you see a child running around and you go, oh my God, there's a child spirit here. Oh God, we have to move into the light, the poor thing. You get emotionally, you get a bond. It could be just a dark entity using our emotions against us. Do you believe it's in all, reincarnation? No, absolutely not. The people do, but it's nonsense. And be, the reason that I, I do read a lot of stuff and there are religious seers in the world. These people, I believe, they get messages from like from the Virgin Mary and stuff happens and there's messages. How do they know it's the Virgin Mary? Because the likes, there's certain, like, I, I, it's hard to explain. I think like, there's certain, fucking very hard to explain. There's a couple of religious seers in the world and they're always giving messages and all in the likes of Medjugorje and holy places and the Virgin Mary. There's always signs of healing and all this has gone on for years and the same message has been given to say three, four of them at the same time. And there's always messages coming through. And I think one of the messages was that the Virgin Mary had left a message and she said, you've one life, you've one soul. You don't have to see, you don't come back. When you die, you go straight into the light. And that's how it is. If you think about it, it makes sense. You're, you, you, I'm here now. So I die on the way home. I go to heaven. I'm up there for a few minutes going, you know something? Fuck it, I don't like you here, man. I want to go back and do something good. I want to help someone. Yeah, okay, we'll reconnect you. Boom, you're gone. Did my family die and go up there? You know, where's Gav? No, he got reconnected there a couple of years ago. He's someone else now. I should be back in a few years. No, I don't believe it. I believe you've one chance. You've one life. And that is it. And you don't come back three or four times. It's not, it's not I don't, no, it's nonsense. But look, Gavin, thanks a million for coming. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. And happy Halloween. 
Yeah, happy Halloween. Don't eat too many monkey nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a million. You're welcome. Thanks for having me.